Hey, Barrett Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb Savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. Younger is a UK-based multi-instrumentalist, electronic composer, and vocalist with 100 million plus worldwide streams and a repertoire of sold-out shows across Europe and North America to his name, thanks to his innovative style that breaks genre molds. Younger became a social media sensation with his real-time jam videos of dance floor-friendly bootlegs. His take on the Temper Trap's sweet disposition hit over 15 million video views in the first two weeks. His latest is an off-the-cuff remix of Stereophonic's iconic Dakota. Having hit incredible milestones as a former band member and now solo artist such as writing for Sure and securing signings on major labels, today Younger embraces a do-it-yourself ethos and runs his own Blue Llama record label. Up next on Celeb Savant, we've got Younger. Where do we find you in the world and how are you doing? Where would you find me? Uh, firstly, I'm wonderful. Thank you very much for asking. Um, where would you find me in the world? You'd find me in North Wales, in by the beaches and by the mountains in the UK. Yeah, that's where I am. And that that must get very cold in winter. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, because I'm right on the coast, it doesn't get that cold. Okay. Uh, you don't really get snow. You can see snow on the mountains, which is beautiful. Because you got the breeze, it never gets that cold. But yeah, okay. don't get me wrong. It's definitely, definitely colder than South Africa. Anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. The name Younger, why was that chosen? And specifically the spelling for the listeners, it's Y-O-U-N-G-R. Uh, well, first one is quite simple. It's my middle name well, with oh. the E. Yeah. So my dad's crazy. And he was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I've got an older brother. So when I was born, he was like, well, you're the younger brother. So that's your middle name. I was like, cool. Okay. Good explanation. <laughs> and, you know, I always kind of, Hated it as it, not hated it, but I was, I was like, why is my middle name younger? I was used to ask my mum. She was like, because your father, he's crazy. Just don't ask. <laughs> and then I got to an age where I started doing music and needed like a, another name. And I was like, oh, wait, that younger name's pretty cool. I could maybe just use that. And then basically the only reason I cut out the E is for searchability on Google and, and you know, artists. I thought, you know, typing in younger with an E, you just get way more, way more things coming up. Yeah. So now let's rewind. So at what age did you decide or feel in your world, whether it was a child or teenager, do you think, cool, I want to be in the music industry. And how did that journey accumulate to where we are currently? Well, my dad is a musician. So I've grown up with music all my life. So I've, I was on tour buses with him. I was on stage playing the tambourine with him when I was four. So it was like a, something which was just super normal to me, whereas other people, it was a bit more of like, uh, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know anybody that can make a living out of music. So for mm. me, having a career in music seemed like just a normal job growing up, which I then, I then realized wasn't so normal. But because I just, I saw it, Zach, from early on, I think it was about seven or eight when I was in my first band, I started to make my first songs and stuff. I was like, oh, this is just the path I'm going to take because it's the only path I kind of know and it looks exciting to me. And yeah, from then I had piano lessons, drum lessons. I started my first, I had did my first gig in Manchester when I was 13. 
And the only way I could get into the venue was my older brother opening the bathroom window around the back of the venue down an alleyway. He hoisted, he literally dragged me through the window. I ran on stage, played this battle of the bands, and then I jumped out the window to get out of the venue because the bouncer <laughs> wouldn't let me in. That's no lie. I was 13. <laughs> so from there, you know, I was been in covers bands and all this. And then I got to my, I went to uni. I studied music in uni in Liverpool. Uh, Paul, McC- Paul McCartney's School of uh, Performing Arts in Liverpool. And then I was in a function band, a wedding band. So I was playing bongos and I was going around the world playing drums and bongos in these big wedding bands. And then I uh, had a studio in London and started doing these remixes and live looping. And I got a program called Ableton, which was very new back in, in the day when I started using it. And I had a Calvin Harris vocal. And I was like, right, I'm going to try and make a remix without pressing stop because Ableton allows you to loop uh, <laughs> and I'm going to try and jump on the drums when the when the chorus happens and that's how Younger was born from I remember it it was after a function gig I'd played drums for five hours in a bar for 40 quid you know cash in hand battle um, open mic things I came home dropped my drum get off and I was like right I'm going to try this thing so I filmed it that night and that's that was the birth of Younger and then how so, did that journey carry on from there yeah from 22 when Younger was created, I was just posting it online. I was still in my band with my brother and other bands. And it just, I started to do more videos on Facebook. And then me and my manager kind of turned to each other and were like, we should make this a proper artist thing. Cause it was always just like a bit of a fun thing that I did mm. on Facebook. And I thought, why don't we just try and make this an actual thing? But it, but it was daunting for me because I'd never been solo. I'd always been on the drums behind. I'd always been, you know, I'd, I never liked being at the front. I'd like to be the guy holding down the groove at the back. So the idea of me being this front guy for my own project was quite daunting, but I just thought, you know what, fuck it, man. Life's about taking chances. And I tried it and we we put out uh, some, what are they called? Disappear, September Sun, Daydreamer. There's like black and white videos on YouTube. They're still there mm. now, which my first ever videos, which then led two weeks later for me doing Sweet Disposition in the Morning Glory, which went viral on Facebook, which was the beginning of the of where i am now in the tumbleweed of madness (laughs) (laughs) like so that's a new song for you tumbleweed of madness that's a tumbleweed of madness that is a crazy cycle of a song (laughs) or album i'm just saying (laughs) i like that i might write that one down yeah 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 i think it's super well you just said it i just pointed you in the right direction so (laughs) (laughs) i love it for the people who do not no, or not in the music world. What is looping and live looping? Looping is just when you so let's say you've got a guitar and you gotta you play ding 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 ding. And you hit the loop pedal on that, and I'll just go ding 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 ding, and then you can add another loop ding 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 ding, and you can just loop 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 loop. Ed Sheeran does it most famously with his guitar loop pedal, uh, and then you uh, know you can layer, you can take things out, and live looping, I guess, is just that, but you're doing it live. Um, and but I do it in an electronic sense. Able to, uh, Ed Sheeran does very much. Well, there's a lot of amazing loopers out there, but um, what I do is I loop instruments over DJ tracks and dance music and whatnot. I know this is a, a perceivably a question that might be challenging in the sense that you know your path because of what the, of the journey you've been on. But do you perceive that if your father was not in the industry, that you would have still ended up being a musician? Mm, I've always thought that. I'm just going to straight up say no, I wouldn't. Because 
if I take my dad out of the equation of my life, it's my mum, uh, mm-hmm. the wonderful woman that she is, hasn't got a musical bone in her body. <laughs> she, <laughs> she's got good rhythm and she can dance, but she can't play an instrument. She can't really sing, mm-hmm. I don't think. So from my influences around there, like growing up in Manchester, I wasn't really, well, I was around musicians, but did I attract musicians because I was a musician? I don't know. It's uh, it's chicken and the egg, isn't it? Yeah. But I, I don't think I would. Well, I might have found it, but I might not have stuck with it because yep. I might have been like, oh, it's a pipe dream. But yep. seeing it firsthand from my pops, like I said, it was um, seemed like an obvious choice. Your creative process from zero to three to four minutes, what is that process in creating a song? Do you always use electronic in the sense of remixes or do you create your own music? What is your process to think, okay, cool, I'm going to create something. Is it easy every time? What motivates it? Let's dive into your creative brain. Yeah, the original songs are always a bit harder because you're always second guessing just a little bit more. You know, you're thinking about the lyrics and you're thinking about the phrasing. You think about where it sits in your voice, where where you can sing it. And with a cover, it's almost just like second nature. It's a song you already love. So you know how to sing it. You naturally, you know, you know how to do that. So the actual, the fun bit for me is the music. I'm like, oh my God, that keyboard's cool and that piano is great. And it always starts for me with chords and piano and emotion because that's where the for me, harmony and emotion and chords and chord progressions are where I can get the emotion out. And then I'll move on to the drums and the groove and the bass lines. Yeah, it most, mostly starts with the emotion and the keys. But with original songs, it's different. It's really changing each time. Sometimes it starts from a voice note that I might have had at like four in the morning. I'll just wake up in the morning and I've, I've sang like sung a, a little idea I've had. And then I'll bring that into the studio, listen to it and be like, oh, OK, that's the idea I've had there. Let me try and work that out. But from zero to to four minutes, it's uh, inside my brain. It's crazy, man. But what I've learned as I've done it more and more is to not second guess yourself. Whatever your gut says was good when you first did it. Whatever you felt, it's always, it's always a feeling like, oh, that feels good. Go with that. Because the minute you start second guessing and going, oh, no, but I heard that on the radio. So maybe I should do that. Or oh, I saw this on TikTok or any of that bullshit. Hmm. It's like, no, no, no. That's just your brain trying to play games with you. Go with the gut because people, people, what I've found is people resonate with gut feelings more than they do you're tr- you trying to uh, copy something that's cool. So just a quick side note that as soon as we finish this interview, you've already got inspiration for Tumbleweed of Madness. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but going exactly. back, going back to, <laughs> going back to your thought process, you mentioned that after a while you decided to stop second guessing yourself. What was mm. that click in your brain or your emotion or your feeling to say, okay, cool. I was doing this, doing the second guessing and now I'm going to just step away from that. Uh, I think it's two things. It mm. was the birth of the idea of live from Marmaland Studios, which was a series of videos that I did. And I remember driving home on New Year's Day after going to a New Year's Eve party, listening to a podcast. I can't remember who it was, but there was some dude who set himself a challenge of creating a piece of art every day and posting it online online every night at 11.59 p.m. If it was finished or not, it didn't okay. matter. Make it, put it out. And I went, that sounds like a great idea to just keep going. So I was like, you know what? When I get, you know, you know, you know those car journeys you have where you get all pumped up. <laughs> when I get home, that's what I'm going to do. So from the 2nd of January, I did exactly that. I, I made a song in the morning and I mixed it, edited it, produced it, mastered it made learn how to use adobe premiere 
edited it, graded it, and put it online that night. And that was the birth of Life and Love. And I did it for a month because any more than a month, I think I would have just melted into a, into a ball of emotion. So I did it for a month and that's when it all blew. And I was also trying to work out the TikTok world because I was like, I know there's a world there. I don't want to jump into it, but I know there's a world. So I set myself a challenge, post every day. And the first views were getting like 20 views, 30 views, you know, mm. nothing. And then suddenly the only thing I did different was I was like, you know what? Instead of wearing a hoodie and looking like I'm in the home studio, I'm going to get dressed up like it's a show and I'm going to put my lights on. So when someone's scrolling and they see, whoa, this guy's trying to invite us into his world, that that, that connected and it went to a million people. And I was like, all right, okay. So that's that's the formula, like invite people into your world. And that month of um, of doing those videos made me realize the uh, value in not second guessing. It was just... I've always thought the more time you spend on something makes it better, but that's not true. That's mm. genuinely not true. It's more like the more true it is from the, to the essence of your idea actually makes it better. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's bad. So it doesn't matter. But creatively being able to move on, that's the key. Just do, 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 do. as long as you love what you're doing and you yep. think it's cool and you'd like to share it with the world, move on. So I'm not sure if you are aware of NLP, neurolinguistic programming. So neurolinguistic programming is the way people process information. So people mm-hmm. has a dominant one, a secondary one, tertiary one. So people mm-hmm. are either visual, which means they create pictures, or they auditory, they hear the words and understand the words and the paragraphs, or they mm-hmm. kind of aesthetic, which they means, which it means they feel the emotions, the body language, the energy. Now, when you listen to music, focusing specifically on music, not other elements in your world or life, focusing on music, when you're listening to music by other artists or whether by yourself, do you create a picture of what you're hearing? Do you hear the words or is it about the feeling? Feeling, always feeling, never words. Okay. Words about 30 listens. I'm like, oh shit, that's a nice lyric. <laughs> okay. So it's always like, oh, that chord was nice. And oh, that melody did that. And the chord went, and the drums. I was like, oh, that's a nice, I feel cool with that. I never, I never really see a picture. I see a picture when, I'm lying in bed listening to my own music and I'm trying to mix it. So I try and visualize what picture I'm trying to create. Mm. It's almost like a big empty space and I can see like where parts are. But when I'm listening to other music, yeah, feeling, 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 feeling. And eventually, if I love the song enough, I'll be like, oh, what are they actually talking about? <laughs> and, then that, and then that makes a whole other meaning for the song, which is beautiful in itself. And then when you're listening to music by other artists, mm. are you ever able to just relax and listen or is your technical and unpacking brain always diving into the, what's happening? It, it's that a lot. That's why I can't actually listen to other music a lot because I feel like I'm working. I feel like I'm, okay. uh, I'm not judging is a bad word, but uh, comparing or, yes. you know, analyzing. I'm like, fuck, you know, I just want, you know, the only songs I can listen to just as songs are Christmas songs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like Nat King Cole, White Christmas. I'm like, oh, what a beautiful piece of music and like rocking around the Christmas tree that could do it. It's great that I'm not, <laughs> I'm not judging that at all. I'm just like enjoying my life, eating a mince pie and drinking some old wine, but other music, if I listen to new music, I'm just, yeah, actually older music, like music I've grown up with, like Incubus's first albums and mm. Red Hot Chili Peppers. I don't, I don't analyze that. That's yeah. just how I remember how I felt as a kid, but. Is it yeah. because, mate, because you know that music from when mm. you were a child, before you were making it, and that's why you're not unpacking it. It's that. 
it's okay. that it's it's that for sure it's it's just when you know i would pay big money to be able to like take a pill that would make me listen to music uh like a before i knew how to make it Does that makes <laughs> sense yeah yeah absolutely got it maybe there is a pill maybe there is a pill out there <laughs> what do you enjoy about performing live uh the people the people's faces it's something about when someone's smiling at you dancing and they have, they don't have any problems outside of that room that right there in the moment there is nothing else that exists other than you and them the um the the, the beauty of the presence of people okay so i've got a point of discussion around this i'm always that guy right in front jamming dancing do my thing i'll take my phone up for maybe one or two videos one or two photos and i put my phone away but i yeah. notice the people around me a lot of them for a lot of the time of the show are trying to get mm. the perfect videos tweeting posting whatever they're doing in that time from the person on the receiving end on the stage, seeing potentially a bunch of phones compared to a bunch of faces and smiling, mm-hmm. do you feel that takes away from the moment and the energy exchange, or do you just feel it's where society is at the moment? I, to be honest, it doesn't it doesn't uh, bother me that much when I okay. see phones, but then I also haven't played in front of five thousand people with their phone at me. Like you know, you see like a Drake concert and there's like just boosh everywhere. Yeah. I can imagine that's a bit strange. You know, in my audiences, you usually got a bunch of people just dancing, losing it, having fun. And then, yeah, there's a couple of people with their phones up. And I don't mind that because I'm like, all right, they're just filming, doing the thing. And it's never like constant. I don't think I have enough experience of people filming me to give a proper answer to that. But my experience of it, I'm cool with it, man. Like, you do you. Okay. <laughs> you do you. Yeah. So now let's discuss the latest single, Cosmic Insanity. So I listened to it. It's super cool. It's such a bang. I love the way that you merge those two Jamiroquai songs. What was yeah, the thought you. process behind it? Oh, nothing other than I just absolutely love Jamiroquai. And it's just, I just chose my favorite Jamiroquai tunes and just, okay. I put a bass line underneath it and just sang as many as I could in, in four minutes. <laughs> that was basically the, the rules. So I love this game. I understand if I had to ask you this question in two minutes, two years, two hours, I know your answer will be different every single time for the simple fact there's millions of them. But if you had to push play to five songs by other artists, once we have finished this conversation, what would those five songs be and by whom? Wow. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Well, because it's on my mind, White Christmas by Mm -hmm. Nat Cole. Secondly, it would be Incubus miss i miss you i think it's called i miss mm. you or miss you third would be uh dr buzzard's original savannah band there's a song called uh sun shower four would be simply red fairground and five would be can't think of any artists right now uh oh it's, i think it's hardest because it's the last one but there's probably a million songs I've left out. But I will be um, Claire de Lune by Chopin. I love me a CD. I love the aesthetic of holding it, the images, the energy energy exchange for me to you guys for all the hard work you've done. I'm not sure if you're aware, CDs, vinyls, cassettes are making a massive comeback. We've also got the digital platforms that people listen to music on. Your observations or preferences of each vinyls we've just started making vinyls for the for the release which is great and it's funny i thought no one's gonna buy these but i'm gonna do it and they sell like hotcakes man it's crazy people and you know i signed a case and it's 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 a really good 
I guess, collector's item and people who are really big fans, they they love it. Because like you said, it's got the sleeve, it's got the back, it's got it's got the whole thing. CDs, I, I haven't held a CD in so long, but I've heard that it's making such a big comeback at the moment, CDs, which is which is so cool. And I think CDs are great because you get the the inside thing yes. with way more information. And yeah. I used to love Simply Red's my favorite band of all time. And getting his CDs and opening it up and reading the lyrics as he's reading them and seeing who wrote the lyrics and seeing who's on the keyboard to that song. It's absolute magic. Magic. And same goes to tape. I was a, when I was growing up, tape was kind of being phased out, but I, I still used to record the radio with the tape on yes, the A. And then I know. Yeah. I'm laughing because I know exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I, I did experience tape, but I, I think, um, I think it's beautiful that they're making a comeback because I think there's just a yearning for something physical and real. There's mm. just so much technical shit now and it's great. And you can put your thumbs up in a zoom like this. Wait, does it, will it do it again? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Do it the first time. I don't know. That right there is why people are buying tapes and CDs. Yeah, because we've gone too far. Yeah. <laughs> so, younger, the podcast is listened to throughout the world. So, as a final message, what would you like to say? Uh, I'd just like to say thank you for listening to the music. And if you're not listening to the music, check me out, younger underscore music on all the socials, uh, and spread love, spread love, spread good vibes. Be put out the energy you want to receive.